welcome to the OCV Podcast. We're the podcast for health professionals and the wider community looking to explore diversities in health, ask smart questions, and have some honest conversations. My name is Archie. I'm an EP based on Sydney's Northern Beaches. And joining me as always is Allied Health Business Owner, Andrew. Andrew, how are you today? I'm good. That was exciting. I feel excited. I just feel like I need to use some breath to, <laughs> to get it out there. Have an exercise today. So I'm full of energy. Oh, dear. We have a lot of beers on the table here. Many beers. Um, four different tinnies. We was actually brought in by one of my clients. He went to Tassie, uh, Tasmania, a little island at the bottom of the country. And he went to a couple of different breweries and he brought back four beers for us to try on the podcast. What a great client. What a great client. Thank you to the harvester. All right. Anyway, <laughs> um, Andrew. <laughs> Is that what you... Have you just made up that nickname? No, 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 no. He's called the harvester. Very good. Um, Andrew, do you want to pick your favorite looking one? And we'll start well, the, with that the one. The one that's closest to me, I'm cool. going to go with. It's called Duquesne. 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 All right, let's open up Duquesne and we'll pour them into some glasses. Yeah, good. It's a good colored can. Okay. It's a very strong purple. Oh, that's a bad pour. No, no, you're good. That's fine. Yeah, good. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, oh glug, listen, glug, glug. Listen to that. There you Delightful. are. Delightful. Thank you. Can you have the big one. Cheers. Cheers. Good. Oh, it went ding, ding. Yeah. Yeah. Ding. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Oh. So what, oh, what are we drinking? <laughs> We're drinking Duquesne. Yeah. Uh, it's an IPA. It is okay. a... Uh, That's all we drink these days. <laughs> yeah. Um, what have I got for you? Something about the wilderness. The writing's very hard to read. It's very hard to Black read. Black writing on like a... Pale purple is. It's a Launceston IPA. Launceston. Well Launceston. I know that place. It's it's good. Um, have you been to Tasmania? I have been to Tasmania. Beautiful. Yeah. Should go. What did you do there? Uh, not much. Yeah. Right. Actually. Did you meet any um, EPs? I didn't meet any EPs. <laughs> I play golf. Oh, golf is good. Oh, Bum Bum Bugle. We play Bum Bugle. You have a, a sweater from there. I do have a sweater from mm. there. He's a good course. Cherished piece of Andrew's wardrobe there. <laughs> The, the barn... Barn Bugle. Barn Bugle. Sweater. sweater. Absolutely. <laughs> you were trying to segue that into our conversation I for today. I was We're going to answer a couple of questions today. Um, might be a shorter one. The first one being, um, should you? And uh, once we decide that the answer is yes, why should you? Uh, network with other of your same profession. Uh, for us, that is EPs. But for you, it might be... Not your EPs, could be chiros, could be osteos, could be physios, could be GPs, could be orthopedic surgeons. I don't know, all the orthopedic surgeons who listen to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, First off, Andrew, uh, do you believe that we should uh, network with other EPs slash health professionals? Yes. Okay, that's a good start. I agree with you. (laughs) Great. It It would be weird if we didn't because the last two podcasts have been with EPs. Mm both from different different businesses, one from a business in Sydney, mm. um, which some people might think is, well, that's a competitor. Mm. Uh, maybe we start there. With In terms of like looking at other EPs and thinking of them as either uh, friends or foes, mm. why do you say friends? I th- My belief is that EP is... Far too small a profession to be trying to like put ourselves in our own little cocoons of this is what I do. And Mm. um, so I think a rising tide floats all boats. Mm. That is 
It's a classic Andrew that quote. A, that, is a, that is a quote. Um, <laughs> that is I a think, quote. It's not my quote. It's somebody else's quote. And I think the importance of advocacy from a combined effort of local practitioners is going to be more influential than singularly trying to go out and do kind of our own different mm. things. Mm. Um, I think that is important for our profession. Mm. And I think that that view is not shared. Mm. And that's okay because mm. some people feel, like you said, that like why would I go and talk to somebody else because they're my competition and they're likely to take my clients or talk to my referrers sure. or anything like that. Yeah, And so I understand like the apprehension that mm. can exist there. The benefit of doing it is that you get to see different ways of mm. doing things uh, and be able to build, like we've talked about before, about building referral partnerships and things like this, that perhaps you are not the best EP to help that client that's sitting in front of you. And if you've got a EP down the road that you know specializes in a particular area or personally is going to more likely get on with that client that's sitting in front of you, mm. you're going to do that client and yourself much more service mm. by referring to that other EP Absolutely. than sort of fumbling your way through it yourself sure. yeah i mean if there is uh like being part of a big team it's easier to internally refer to another ep but even um on that scale like if one of our team i know is better with cancer or women's health or running uh, i'm more likely to send my client to that person for a better client experience and then for that client and for that other ep that is going to be a better outcome. And that looks better on exercise physiology and you know my profession and our business as a whole, which is then a bonus. And then you've just handed this you know other EP, this other person, a, a little fruit basket. And in return, down the road, maybe they'll remember that fruit basket. And if what you want is really business, then potentially that might lead to them coming back to you going, hey, I know you're really interested in this. I have a client who I'm really struggling with or I'm not getting good outcomes with or I don't really want to see. Would you like to mm. see them? Mm. They can come back the other way. Now, I don't think that that should be the, the main reason for doing it, but like sending someone somewhere or reaching out to someone in your profession with the expectation that it's going to help you on a day-to-day -day basis, build a bigger caseload. But I think there's bigger fish to fry. 100%. Hmm. Uh, I think that goes from a practitioner level and from like a, a business owner level as well, um, irrespective of the size of the team, to be able to build relationships with other business owners in you know your, your geographic area hmm. means that there's opportunities for professional development there's opportunities for networking mm. there's opportunities to be introduced to other people within the network again mm. for whom your services might be a little bit different to to their services yeah and that's that's a great thing like to to be seen as that person right to be seen as i i am abundantly mindsetted i am i don't have scarcity i'm not afraid that you're going to do this or you're going to do that um it's kind of karma, right? Mm. 
what you put out tends to come back. Yeah. Um, one of my mentors, Shane, give us gain, mm. right? So the the more you do without the expectation that you're going to get mm. something in return, it does tend to come back. It's a very easy, quick way to put it. Give us gain. Mm. And it kind of benefits everyone. Yeah. Um, so it, it doesn't matter if that is at a practitioner or it's at a mentor or it's at a uh, owner kind of level. Uh, I think there's huge benefit to, to all in terms of building local relationships, networks, whatever it be. Absolutely. Um, I think from my point of view, a, a very simple way to think about it or, or a very simple benefit is mentoring or group mentoring or peer mentoring where you can actually bounce ideas and cases and difficult challenges off each other and having someone who doesn't work in your same little space in your same constraints can think of things in a very different way to what you do Mm. because it's very hard to think outside of your own little box however big your box is Mm. Uh, and sometimes even within your own team you just kind of uh, bounce the same ideas it's a bit of an echo chamber so getting out of that mm. and, and challenging your bias through someone else can be a great way to do it. Even if you don't fully agree with the person's clinical or you know, evidence base that they work off or their, their methods or their mm. treatment plans for everyone, look, if they are working in the industry and they are seeing clients, clients are seeing them for a reason, which means they have got some kind of skill in some way in some area that you could probably benefit from learning from mm. or at like the least the you know the most unlikely situation and it's you know still an okay outcome is oh i don't agree with anything this person said then you can also reason with yourself why you don't like these things and then how you can do it differently to improve it so at the end of the day you reach out and you try and network with this other person in your profession and you hate them and you hate the way they practice and you hate everything about them, you've probably learned some things that you don't want to do, mm. which is still beneficial. It is. And maybe they went, oh, that person was nice. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know. It's you good practice. Know. Yeah. For Good practice for the people who uh, you really need to network with mm. and maybe you don't like. Mm. Like what if the GP you try to network with is a dick? Do you just go, oh, I'm just not going to talk to that GP anymore? It's like, whoa. If you've got an in, you've got their number and you're on first name basis with them, you're probably going to want to keep talking to the GP even mm. if you don't like them a whole bunch. Mm. Because as a small profession with not huge amount of referrals, you can't really afford to just leave that, right? So at, at a, you know, the lowest level, users practice. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, 100%. Um, because I think that's a skill. Mm. Right, I think being able to go out and network and build relationships with any other person mm. um, is a skill. It's fucking awkward the first time you do it. Mm. You get better at it. You get better at communicating your way of helping people. And over time, people start to resonate with that. Yeah. And they start to know because of feedback from their clients or you know your socials or whatever it is that oh, he's Archie, like he he likes to treat in this kind of a way. Therefore, these are the sort of clients that he likes to see. And if I see one of those people, I'm going to refer to him because he knows, right? Mm. And I think, again, like inter 
disciplinary. Like if I'm sitting there with a client and I'm getting nowhere and there's a personality clash and mm. it's just not clicking mm. to go and say, actually, you know what? I think we need to change the direction. I think you should go and see this person because I think you're going to gel a little bit better. So much better for your reputation. Hugely. So much better for that client. Yeah. And yes, like you're going to lose out a little bit in terms of like not seeing that person another few times, but you're probably not going to create that much of an impact in those few times anyway. And then they're going to be one of those statistics that went, oh, tried EP, didn't work. Yeah. Now what? Mm. Slash, it could be, oh, went to an EP, they sent me in the right direction of someone who could help me. Oh, perfect. Valuable. Very, way better. Way better for you, way better for EP. And way better for your relationship and your network with that person you send them to. Awesome. Like and I, th- I think this this is the profession that we want to be, mm, right? Absolutely. Like we want to be the, the people that go, you know what? The better person to help you will be this person down the road. Like again, rising tide floats all boats. That is so much better for the longevity of our profession than trying to fuck your way through a yeah. uh Thing knowing that like this is just going nowhere i feel like i'm not i'm not making progress with this person or but but I, but I know that i'm the right person it's like well maybe you're not the right person. maybe you're not the right person yeah. and that's okay yeah and it's good to to acknowledge that mm. kind of as soon as possible mm. in that process yeah. so that the client gets the best outcome that they can it doesn't doesn't mean that you're like treatment modality is inherently wrong and not appropriate well we we talked about this with ryan right like that's not a reflection of you as a person yeah right you are not a bad person because you couldn't help this client Mm. professionally Mm. like we all have that that's okay yeah but to be able to refer that person on means like actually that there's some humility within that in fact there's a fuckload of humility in that going actually i think this person is better mm. to help you mm. absolutely uh, i i have a little bit of a problem with some parts of uh, and i definitely get it with some parts of ep like the ep community and i'm sure like other professions get it with some parts of their community as well who become really like almost like pious and like ah oh, we're better than everyone else because we do this and we know that this is the best evidence and that sucks mm. and that sucks. Uh, and phew, anyone who doesn't do what we're doing is in the wrong and they're not evidence-based. It's like, all right, mate, like who, who are you? Who are you actually get better? Get, get off your fucking like high horse and acknowledge that you don't do well with every fucking client you see. Uh, you still leaving that beer for me? Yeah, good. <laughs> um, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, acknowledge that like what you do isn't perfect for everyone because nobody can do perfect with everyone. Personality mm. type, uh, patient preferences, previous experiences. Like there's a million factors that you can't control and you in your setting is not going to be perfect for everyone. So the idea that like, oh no, but you know, EP is... And my style of EP is the best mm. uh, and everyone else is wrong. I think it's just a bit arrogant and stupid. Mm. And you're basically throwing out, you know, 
a hundred years plus of health professionals who have helped people through injuries and concerns and medical problems Mm. and made a lot of people very, very happy. Otherwise, those professions wouldn't exist because no one has to go see them, Mm. yet here they are. Mm. So to then go, oh, no, the, the little bit of current evidence is is saying that that's not great. Therefore, they're all wrong. They've always been wrong and no one should ever do those things. It's like, oh. when, when I came into Wait this room... Wait till you're wrong. When, <laughs> we, exactly right. When I came into this room, um, you, you were chatting with one of our students mm. who just started with us today and you were yeah. talking about some of the you know beliefs that mm. a, a client that he had shadowed today yeah. was kind of saying and, and like when is the appropriate time to be starting to challenge mm. some of the beliefs that, that this person mm. had about their condition and, mm. and stuff like that. It was, it was gold. Mm. Um, and to, to come into that righteous like, well, that, that previous therapist, mm. what they told you was wrong. They were lying to you. They they were lying to you. It's mm. wrong. Mm. I'm right, mm. and you should listen to me. Yeah, it's like, well, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you doing this for? Because you know that's like going to someone. Uh, I go for this sports team, and they go, "Well, you're wrong." And it's like this is the correct team to be going for, and you're wrong for these reasons. Uh, and you should be going for my team for these reasons. <laughs> you know what they're going to do? They go, fuck off, mate. <laughs> so no, a patient go is away. never going to tell you to go, oh, fuck off, mate, ideally. No. Hopefully you don't do anything that silly. Mm. Um, but that's the equivalent of what you're doing. You're going, here, here's what I believe. And here's what I think is going on with my body. Mm. And you've gone, well, that's wrong. And that's wrong. And that's wrong. And that's wrong. Here's what you should really be thinking. Mm. I'd be going, fuck off, mate. Mm. That's not helpful. That's helpful to your ego for a very exactly. short period of time. Yeah. For you to know, oh, I'm probably right here. The, mm. the much harder thing to do is to acknowledge and listen to those beliefs that you believe are unhelpful, which you know, there are a lot of unhelpful beliefs out there. No one's questioning that. You know, hold them in, write them down for a later date when it's appropriate to bring up with that person when they're open to hearing it. Once you've actually built a bit of trust with them, and showing them that what you do helps, mm. <laughs> then maybe you can open the door, if you have permission, to unpack some of these unhelpful beliefs that may affect them in the long term. But if you go in there, guns blazing in the first session, going, oh God, here we go. <laughs> what else did they tell you? Well, that person's an idiot. That person's an idiot. That person's an idiot. And you know what? You're an idiot. <laughs> You're an idiot for believing <laughs> yeah, them. For believing them. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. And it's like... It doesn't. It doesn't matter how right you are. You, the person is. You're just not going to do well with them. No. It does not matter how right you are in that situation and how well, wrong make, their it beliefs makes are. The client feel like an idiot. Yeah. Right? Why are you putting yourself on a little pedestal there? Like, oh, I, I, you know, I went and saw this other profession for whatever, however mm. long, and I believed what they told me to mm. believe, and now you're telling me something different. Mm. First off, I'm confused. Second is like, well, now I feel like a dick. Mm. And that, that's not conducive to building rapport mm. or creating a good relationship with this person that leads to good clinical outcomes yeah. in the long term. Because yeah. off the bat, I'm like, well, who the fuck are you? Yeah. 
It's like you've shown me nothing other than oh, here's my research on this and here's my research Fuck on your this. Research. This yeah. is my body. Yeah, exactly. And this person told me this, and it actually worked for a bit. So get stuffed. Mm. You know, unhelpful. Yeah, as in like, just just put it a bit further down your priority list in terms of what you should be doing in your first consult. So it like what what the conversation with Harry, the student, ended up being was, yes, we both acknowledged there were. Uh, quite a few unhelpful beliefs in there, um, including like, oh, you know, I might have to go get sh- shoulder surgery at some point uh, because I've used it a lot kind of thing. Mm. And it's like, okay, yep. Obviously could have like started a conversation around that. But she'd also said that, but I know exercise helps and um, I, I just, uh, I think I just need a, some help to get back into doing that and uh, gra- you know, gradually loading it. I'm paraphrasing, paraphrasing obviously. Um, I was like, cool, well, why don't we focus on the, the part where we actually do the thing that you think is already going to help? And we'll come back to the unhelpful belief around shoulder surgery mm. later is what I said in my head. Mm. Um, that's a smaller fish to, to deal with in this consult. Mm. If the person came in and said, I'm not moving my shoulder until I get shoulder surgery. Right. Very different situation here where maybe that's a belief that we need to tackle first up because I'm not going to be able to get into doing anything to help this person. Mm. So I've got to start understanding where this belief came from, start to you know, resonate with them around, wow, I can understand how uh, you, you're feeling that this is the only way forward. It sounds like you've had a tough time and blah, 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 and all these things that's led up to this. That makes a lot of sense. Um, now we can start having that conversation. But like, if it's not an initial barrier to get them to move, and you to start doing something with them or at least like building rapport with them and gain them on board with a potential plan to start doing, well, you probably don't need to ruin your chance of having a good discussion with them or challenge them straight away. Mm. Might not be necessary. Yeah. Mm. How does one build rapport? <laughs> what is rapport? Wait, hold on. <laughs> wait, wait, just... All right, hold up. Should we quickly mention what... Oh, yes. Yeah. We're, sorry. We you are uh, last rites. Uh, we are Last Rites Brewing Co. Tasmania. We've got the Future Lager, um, which is... Oh, look at that. That's a nice picture of a burning skull with looks like... VR goggles VR on. VR goggles on. <laughs> <laughs> Last Rites. Um, um, future Lager. It, it's kind of fruity. Have you tried it? Oh, yeah, you have tried it. Um, <clears throat> it's... Look, it doesn't taste like new. It doesn't taste like cardam. It's <laughs> so it's great. Not, so t- it, it's, them it's not a great northern. It's not a it's not a Byron Bay lager. It's a, It's got a lot of got a lot of oomph to it for mm. a lager. I don't know. Mm. Mm. I don't think we've had many like crafty, interesting flavored lagers before. No. Um what we really need is we need Sarah Woodroff here to explain <laughs> how lagers are different to, yeah. to ales. I can I can describe the can. Yeah. I can't <laughs> I can't describe the the different notes in it. So it's fruity. It's fruit and it's it a fruity doesn't lager. Tastes like yeah, your big three lagers that you get on the tap at the local bolo. Mm. So there you go. If that's what you're looking for, it's not a horrible beer. No, not at all. How strong is it? 
1.5 standard drinks for a, for a can, so uh, 5%. Okay, all right. Kind of on par with your other mm. crafty beers. What was the percent on the pink one? The pink one uh, was a little bit stronger at 1.9 standard drinks oh, and uh, 6.5%. <laughs> 6.5%? Goodness me. <laughs> There's been a bit more swearing in this episode so has far. Maybe, maybe the pink can or the yeah. purple can has, has got something yeah. to do with that. I even went off another EPs, which is not good for building an EP now. <laughs> That's right. Uh, they'll get used to it. Yeah, they'll be, be fine. fine. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, so you, you asked a question. Wait, we we jumped a, a topic quickly. Can, can we go back? Because mm. we talked about networking with other people in the same profession. Yes. For you to do that, how would you network with other EPs? slash whatever your profession is one way would be through the essa networking whatever the fuck it's called okay um there is a there is an opportunity for (laughs) dot com uh there is a there's an opportunity through essa to be able to get mentoring i'm pretty sure it's free or close to free it has been Um, previously yeah i I, i'm not quite sure let's assume it is assume it is Um, my fees (laughs) Plus, plus. Uh, so I think that's a great opportunity um, for, for us to be able to provide that platform. Um, I mean, we, within within our company, um, I have a, a network um, of EP and physio business owners that we meet. Um, we're kind of, you know, in the we're in the same geographical area. We kind of catch up once every two or three months uh, for more of like a few drinks and a, hey, how's business? How's things? What's going on in your world? Sort of stuff. Kind of looking to progress that to more combined professional development opportunities oh, and cool. provide case, provide combined case studies and things like that. Um, that just came from somebody reaching out and say, hey, your business is cool. Mm. How about we get together and have a chat? And I was like, Sure. Why would you ever say no to that? Let's do that. Yeah. Why would you ever say no to that? Mm. And and it's kind of come from there. Mm. Um, so, again, like that that abundance versus scarcity mindset, right? Mm. Um, if people say, like if you were to reach out to three to five other EPs or business owners in your area mm. um, and some of them say no, well, that's okay. Yeah. That's up to them. But you will find probably more so in EP than than other professions, you will find people that say yes Mm. because they want to grow and they know that collaboration is a key component to that growth. And that can just be like a fairly infrequent once a couple of months, sit down, have a beer, have a coffee and like chat about clinical topics, about professional development, Mm. about how do you treat and how do I treat Mm. or more of like a business owner, like, you know, what, what are challenges going on in your mm. business? Like, is there other things? Actually, great, great opportunity. Um, we run the Enero program. Yes. The, yes, we do. Um, osteoporosis. Osteoporosis program. Program. Wonderful. Check it yeah. out uh, from Griffith University. Mm. I got onto that program. I was told about that program oh, by Brendan Cummins yeah. from Exco. Yeah. Um, I had no idea about that mm. program before he told me about it. Mm. And now we love that. We program. fucking love that program, yeah. and it's going gangbusters. And we love Brendan. And we love Brendan and Exco. Yeah. So, like that—that that is just a very simple example of like I didn't know that that existed, and now I do. Mm. And now, 
we we run a whole bunch of classes and and we got people coming in and great connections with local professionals that yes. we had no idea existed before yeah. this thing and it, it led to like uh an endocrinologist referring to us that we didn't know existed and she was in the same fucking suburb as us yeah fantastic yeah incredible and and that just came from one conversation over a beer mm. on a friday night mm. like amazing that's huge that's, opportunities that's like the the peak of like how good it can be from a day-to-day level right um for, for me uh it's uh not being a business owner uh it's instagram it's linkedin it's uh students it's um just exchanging messages uh with anyone who uh i see online Mm. comment on their stuff dm them when you see something that you like um comment like ask some questions on linkedin uh make make a podcast with your boss and release it to eps and you know then eps from melbourne come up and hang out with you and other people come and podcast it's great right and now right ep and so if anybody in Melbourne reached out to us and said, hey, do you know an EP? Yes. We'd be like, fuck yeah, we do. Simply Stronger in fuck Caulfield. Yeah. yeah. So for anywhere in Melbourne, if you need an EP, you must go to Caulfield. <laughs> that is your only choice. Only choice. They are the only EP <laughs> clinic that exists in Melbourne as far as we are concerned. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Good. That's there it. you go. It's networks. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go, Sarah. That's right. <laughs> Sarah flew up to fucking Sydney from Melbourne to come on a podcast and like come around our clinic for a day and now you know she's the only EP clinic in Melbourne according to us exactly right great great networking from <laughs> sorry everybody well else. <laughs> great networking oh send us beers and come on a podcast then we'll talk about you yeah. <laughs> we're not hard to buy <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Two to three beers. Yeah, put, a, put a titty in front of me and I'll, I'll sing your praises. <laughs> Wear the t shirt. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, I've rebranded. Yeah. <laughs> I've started wearing colourful yeah. leggings to work now. Hey. Oh, oh. Don't no, get no. Yeah. Sarah was wrong. Yeah. yeah. No, no. I appreciate Sarah's thoughts on the, the pants uh, idea. She's wrong, but that's okay. <laughs> Oh dear. Anyway, all right. So back where you were, uh, you said, uh, "How how does one build rapport?" Was that the question? What, what is rapport? Or what is rapport building? Because we hear about it, right? We hear about <sighs> we should improve our communication skills, yes. primarily because we want to be able to build rapport yeah. and get good clinical outcomes yeah. with people. But like, yeah. what, what? And then you know, what are we b- talking b- about before? You know, one one of the main things I even said this. One of the main things you should be doing in your initial is building rapport mm. and trust, mm. uh, communicating well. All of these things, which are mm. all very buzzwords. Mm. And uni talks about rapport building mm. uh, all the time, as if it's like a flow chart that you kind of. Yes, this exactly. Is, okay, this is how one's building. Rapport Start with your rapport building, mm. and then allocate five minutes. Yes, five minutes for rapport, rapport building. building. Good. Great and then tick. go from the good tick. <laughs> I have report. All right, report has been built. <laughs> oh dear, not super helpful. Uh, not very helpful advice at all. What what is rapport building? Do you have a definition? Did you find a Tony Robbins definition? No, I didn't. I, I googled it. Yeah, but I, I I then got lost somewhere else. Um, rapport building. Um, 
Like from the basics of standpoint, like basic standpoint from what Google tells you. It's that somebody trusts you, Mm. right? You have rapport with somebody where they like you Mm. and they trust you. Mm. That's it. That's it. Because if they don't like you, they're not going to take your feedback or opinions or whatever it is. How many times have you talked to a person who has engaged in a service, any service, not even healthcare, just like a service and gone and you ask them, oh, how is it? And it's like, well, I really don't like the person, uh, but I go back anyway because they do a good job. Like, no, you. The, the first thing people say with most services that they engage with is like, oh, they're really nice. Mm. They're really friendly. I really like them. And it's like, yeah, but you know, how are they cutting your hair? It's like, oh yeah, they do that okay as well. But you know, I really like going there. <laughs> it's like, it's it's the first thing people think about when you go, what's this person like? They go, firstly, do they like the person? And then what do they like at their job? Mm. But you have, they have to like you first. And, and I think people overthink this a bit, mm. especially young healthcare professionals. Uh, I think they overthink the idea of rapport building into like, right, so that means uh, let, me, let me get my tick, tick list out. I have to actively listen. I have to have empathy. Mm. I have to use reflective questioning uh, and I have to mirror their body language. Mm. And therefore, if I do those things, uh, I have built rapport and I am cleared for takeoff. <laughs> I can move on to the yes, next, next point. Cleared for takeoff into my education and exercise prescription. Wonderful. Uh, or my medical history. It's like, yes. ah, it's, it's, yeah, I do. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. really like that, to be honest. Not so Like, much. imagine if you, uh, you know, were, were catching up with some friends and that's all you did is mm. you actively listened you you had empathy uh <laughs> and you mirrored their body language they'd probably look at you and go it's like why the fuck are you doing that what are you doing yeah <laughs> can you stop can you stop being weird <laughs> i was like you know what those things look like in a consult when you're meeting someone for the first time it's a little weird 100 mm. <laughs> percent. because like they should be subconscious subtle things that you do as part of your general communication mm. with the person but it shouldn't necessarily be like, right, yep, so now I'm going to, uh, they've said something, so now I'm going to practice saying a, an empathetic phrase and reflectively. One of the three uh, that I've memorized. Yes, exactly. It's like, hmm, that must be really frustrating for you. Mm. Yes, good tick. Deep. Anyway, <laughs> can I ask you this question? I'm like, oh, hold up, why don't you be a fucking human? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I prefer to think of it like, uh, and you, Look, you're not actually trying to, mm. but I like to think of it more about like if I was to make friends with this person, you know, how how do you make friends with someone? Well, you like actually just show genuine interest in everything they talk about, uh, mm. and you have a laugh with a person, and you talk to them about things, and they bring up their grandkids. Like, oh, tell me about your grandkids. Mm. How many do you have? Blah blah blah. blah. Mm. Or someone talks about work, and I was like, how's work? Yeah, how's your day? It's like, shit. It's like, yeah. <laughs> and it's okay for you to go, yeah, pretty shit day. <laughs> like this, one of the things I've used with all my initials the last two weeks 
um, is, you know, I asked them, you know, how's the day going? And they go, oh, yeah, back at work. It's like, fuck, me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah talk, talk. <laughs> and it's like, does your brain work? And they go, no. It's like, yeah, me neither. <laughs> I'm getting there. <laughs> and you'd be a bit more of a human. It's like, oh, yeah, they're just like yeah. me. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, they're not accusing, you're not accusing them of being shit at their job. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they don't expect you to be some alien, mm. uh, alien health professional that doesn't feel normal human things. It's like, mm. you can feel human things and go, first week of work's hard, isn't it? Mm. It's like, your, your brain's trying to keep up and yada, yada, yada. Mm. It's very difficult. It, so- it sounds like, and this is based on my Google search that I did in the five minutes of preparation before today's session, you're talking about just being authentic. Yes. Like you're not trying to put on a facade of I need to be a different person mm. when I'm in a consult room because like I'm adopting the persona of a allied health professional. You build rapport with people by being authentic Yeah. because... Also, like people can smell it. Mm. Like if you're trying to be something that you're not, mm. people can kind of go, "Oh, this something's not kind yeah. of meshing here." Yeah. He's, he's seems interested, but he's asking yeah. these weird questions, and yeah. I, I don't. Yeah, something is not right. Or the words sound right, but it's not matching up with their facial expression, their body expression, slash what I would have expected this human to be like based on what they look like to me. Mm. It's like, don't try and not be yourself. Mm. It's like, just, it's okay to be yourself. Uh, it's probably better for you to Way be better. yourself. Way you better. Know? You will, well, in this context specifically, you will generally build rapport faster with somebody mm. if you are just your authentic version yeah. of yourself rather yeah. than trying to be someone that you're mm. not because it's easier to do. Absolutely. Think, think of it like, the, the brain is a supercomputer that is trying to create an idea uh, or create a picture as fast as possible, okay? And to do that, your brain has to make predictions about someone based on what the person looks like and sounds like and their body language, okay? That's why the first impression is always counting is a thing because as soon as you make eye, eyes on someone for the first time, your brain tries to fill in the gap. It tries to fill in the gaps about everything they can work out from this human to make sure that they are safe from like a caveman point of view. It's like, mm. okay, is this thing in front of me safe? Is it a friend or is it a foe? Okay, and okay, cool. Yep, they're dressed in a nice shirt and they're smiling and they're happy and they're shaking my hand. Okay, sounds like they're a friend. Good, very nice. Okay, they're bringing me in to this room and they're asking me normal questions that this person would ask me and not. They're... The, the way they talk kind of matches up with the way they look. So, you know, uh, this this young uh, male Australian bloke uh, isn't talking with a pompous, weird professional accent. Mm. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> that doesn't match up. Yeah. Anytime there's like prediction error or something doesn't line up with the way your brain perceives it, it's going to like take your butt, like take them back a bit and go, oh, wait, what was that? And it'll take them out of the experience of going, yes, yes, everything is as it should be. Mm. You want everything to be as it should be mm. when you're building rapport. Mm. It's like, don't don't throw things out of nowhere that the person mm. uh, is going to go, ah, 
Why are you mm. asking me weird questions straight away? Mm. Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, mm. just be a nice human, like they would expect. Right. And then naturally their body and their brain will calm down. They'll like lower their barriers because they're in a healthcare setting. They'll be less anxious and you'll probably have a much better initial and a much better conversation with them because you've just been the person that you look like in front of them. Mm. Right? Like the way that you and I would run an initial uh, and build rapport is probably different because we're different humans. And yeah. that's good. That's yeah. fine. If we went off the exact same script <laughs> with someone, someone would sound weird. Exactly right. Yeah, again, like you can you can kind of pick it and you can tell when scripts are kind of being implemented. Like because mm. it doesn't it doesn't sync up. The yeah. the words that are coming out of your mouth doesn't match with your body language, doesn't match oh. with like the where the conversation is going. Throwing some Vin Jang stuff out there. What a what an oracle <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> communication. <laughs> the oracle. <laughs> Vin, Vin Jang the Oracle. Happily, happily have him on the podcast if, oh, he's, if he's floating Vin. around. Want to come on, mate? We'll <laughs> <laughs> have to do a video podcast. Huh? Vin Jang, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, he uh, he was a magician. I think he was on like X Factor or Australia's Got Talent or something along those lines. Um, but then what he's done is he has then done TED Talks and a communication course and that kind of stuff. And it's all around... Like the idea that your your body language, uh, what you say, and then uh, what you sound like mm. um, should all sync up to make people agree and like come in, you know, uh, follow what you're doing. Mm. Like if you talk without any emotion, but you say, I'm really excited. This is really, really good. I'm having a really good time. People go, that person's fucking weird because <laughs> why are they not sounding excited? They're just saying that they're excited. Just saying the words. Yeah. Or if their body language is not matching what they're saying, it's like, yes, woohoo, we scored. And they're there and just hunched over there. a computer yeah. typing in their notes. Or like, oh no, that sucks for you. I'm sorry. <clears throat> mm, that must be really sad. I'm empathizing with you. But you... You're leaning back in the chair and you're, yeah. your arms crossed and you're or like... Or you're a robot, mm. you know, and they don't have the tone of voice and you, it's, you know, not the right tempo that you're saying it, which is much harder to do if you're trying to act it. Mm. If you just do it naturally and you actually care, it should sync up. Those things should sync up. Mm. Sight, sound, sync with a... Yeah, with well the done. Things. There you Excellent. go. Found them. Yeah. Vin Jang on YouTube. Vin He's Jang. got a lot of very good YouTube videos. Mm. Mm. V-I-N-H. Where, where, again, like coming back to the conversation with the, the student that was going on kind of as I, as I walked into the room, um, one of the things that, that you said was that clients will not remember or incorrectly recall a lot of the information that they hear. Yeah. During an assessment, this is yeah. pretty, you know, pretty pretty well pretty well known documented yeah. now. And so, how you make people feel during that initial interaction with somebody is so important mm. in terms of whether or not they're going to come back, mm. whether or not they take your advice yeah. seriously, or the, mm. with the seriousness that you want people to have it. Mm. Um, 
that first impression is so mm. important. Mm. Um, that's kind of rapport. Absolutely. Right? I think being authentic in those situations, like it's it's just the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Because at least even if you didn't get along with that person on a personal level, mm. at least they're not going to say like, I don't trust him. Yeah, or exactly. Or something, there was something a bit off mm. about that. Mm. Um, it, it, it makes a lot more sense, especially when people don't walk in to see, uh, at least an EP and in some other circumstances, other healthcare professionals. Um, they don't walk in with a whole bunch of like trust and... Uh, they don't necessarily see you as a really uh, big expert on their body before you go in there. Very different when you're a orthopedic specialist and you go to their very nice office on level 15 of you know the Royal blah, 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 Hospital, mm. whatever, and there's their receptionist is there and they go, oh, doctor. Dr. Blah Blah, we'll see you soon. And you walk in, they've got their nice white jacket on. Humongous uh, desk between yeah. <laughs> you and them yeah, with all exactly. the papers. Yes, all the papers. It. And then their, uh, their awards and their degrees on the back mm. there and their photo with, you know, John Howard. Who, John Hills. <laughs> John Hills. John Hills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> with famous rugby players. Um and they're going, oh, yes, how can I help you? And, mm. oh, I've got your scans and blah, blah, blah. You're going to need surgery, yada, yada, yada. Mm. They don't need to be as likable because you already walk in there with such a high level of respect and trust that this person must be good at what they do. So you should listen to them. Not really the case in most allied health settings, especially when in a lot of allied health settings now, the clinics are becoming almost more casual and less clinical mm. because they want to feel like a safer, calmer place, well, then that leads to, you know, less of that healthcare clinical expert kind of vibe mm. initially. You know, some practitioners see you barefoot. Mick Risk, the physio we had on, the iMove physiotherapy clinics, they go barefoot mm. in there because they want it to just be a casual, safe place where people feel like they're at home kind of thing and then they don't have to ask people to take their shoes off and stuff to, to do things but like you're not going to go in there initially and go oh wow this person must like uh, be the, the world's leading physiotherapist in there um, because you expect that person to wear shoes so then like you can't just go oh blah 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 blah, blah, blah. like you have to build rapport and make mm. friends with that person mm. for them to trust you so. And conversely, right, because like following that McRisk um, scenario there, mm. like if if the ideal client that they're trying to attract, which is like a 25 to 35 runner, yeah. right, goes to another clinic mm. and they're in button-up shirt, they're yeah. in dress shoes, mm. they're in like proper pants, you white walk walls in white and, walls, yeah. you walk into the consult room and there is a bed and nothing else. Mm. That client is going to go, what do you know about running? Yeah. It's like, how can you, you help me? When are you going to watch me run? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Mm. So understanding what the clients need, being clear on what that means. Mm. Um, again, like you just, 
provides clarity. Yeah. More easily because again, like that 25 to 35 year old runner mm. being able to go in for mm. the first time and chat with a physio about running mm. rapport. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Like, Oh, what event are you training for? Oh, I've done that one too. Yeah. Have you tried this one? Yeah. Or um, what's your time for this? Or talk to me about, you know, heel striking versus yeah. forefoot striking yeah. versus this. And what shoes do you wear? What do shoes these do you six wear? Nimbus. Oh, I love those. I just How, got those as well. Right. Rapport. Yeah, straight away. And that there is a lot more or a lot less personality involved mm. in that and a lot less like yeah. have to ask the right questions and yeah. all this shit. It's like mm. I'm just talking about stuff that I'm interested in yeah. with somebody who is interested in the same thing. Yeah. So that is the better communication and rapport building skill there is being able to relate to a person on a human level before you relate to their, you know, or start talking about their medical concern, mm. whatever. So, yes, you do need a level of skill and like the good communication skill then is like, how much do I know about different things and how well can I read humans to know how to like find something of interest to them quickly so that I can have a joke with them, have an interesting conversation with them, ask their opinion about something quickly. So then you have that conversation. It's like, all right, okay, cool. All mm. right, well, look, look, look. We, we can pick this conversation up later. Hey, I should probably ask you. Ha, 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 ha. How can I help? Why are you? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Other than just talking about shoes. Ha, yeah. ha. You know, how can I help? You know, yeah. why are you here? And that person is far more likely to remember yeah. the information yeah. that you've talked about mm. and take on the advice that, that mm. you've given Yeah. because they feel more comfortable yeah. to be able to do that. You've primed their brain to be more interested in the conversation you're going to have. Mm. And then it's up to you not to blah, 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 blah for the whole 45 minutes or whatever. Mm. It's like, okay, then pick the information you would like to give this human carefully. And then anything that you need them to know that you don't tell them or you don't get across to them quickly, write it down for them. Send it to them. Mm. Check in with them the next day. Mm. Uh Ask them if they have any questions. Have a follow-up plan so that you can talk about stuff soon. Mm. You know, like cement that relationship mm. early. Soon is good. Soon is good. And look, soon for different people can be different amounts of time. For some people, soon might be later that week. Like if you see him on, I saw someone for the first time today and I'm seeing them on Wednesday. Because I like, do I want to get them going soon? Mm. Not that I'm going to need to see them two, three times a week ongoing, but like to get the ball rolling, well, I really need to see this person soon so we can mm. cement the stuff that we uh, started talking about and you know started making a plan on, and then we can go, okay, all right, yeah, mm. what are we going to do from here? Mm. For for another person, it was like soon is two weeks away. It's different for everybody. Mm different for everybody mm. but like don't leave it so long and just go oh i got everything i needed to get across in that session see you in three months time mm. and go they'll remember all the educational points it's like no they won't no they won't no they won't they've forgotten half of them. unless you have like beautiful videos uh that you've already pre-recorded and they plan on watching them and you know they're going to watch them uh and they're already like yeah, yeah, yeah. You just just give me the program and I, I'm already going to gym. I just need to start doing some different stuff. 
then okay all right, all right i don't need to mm. see you particularly soon you're already on board and everything was just like a reinforcing what you already know cool great all right let's see you when do you want to come back mm. um if if you need to come back but soon <laughs> the the bit that i focused on which was right at the start of your rant rant there was the following up though mm. Like, and again, like, I know that you're talking about this with our mm. student before, mm. but that initial that you did today, mm. your message to the student was, I, I'm going to follow up with them tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going to see how they felt after what we did mm. today. And that will then guide what we do with that person moving forward, mm. irrespective of whether moving forward is I see them on Wednesday or I see them in mm. two weeks' time. Mm. I think that goes back to rapport because mm. that person feels like, this person actually gives a shit mm. and how I'm feeling, like they're able to capture that. Mm. If I wake up tomorrow morning and I feel like garbage mm. and Archie sends me a message and says, mm. like, hey, how are you feeling after our assessment yesterday? Mm. And I can respond to him and go, actually, like it's flared up. It feels a bit shit. Mm. Not sure what to do. Like, hey, do you mind if I give you a call and we chat about it? That person is, again, like in probably in more rapport with you because mm. you give a shit mm. and you're following up mm. and you can then guide some mm. of those beliefs that that person is thinking about like, oh, geez, this EP thing, like, mm. oh, it stirred it up. Like, mm. should I do it again? Mm. Should I not do it again? Mm. Like, maybe I don't, maybe I need to go somewhere else. Yeah. Like, to be able to capture that, irrespective of when your next appointment is, is such a powerful tool to... Yeah allow that person to feel like cared for yeah and and then also and i know we've talked about this with joe um a couple podcasts ago about like how that you how do you communicate with clients i i am a a text messenger um (laughs) by trade not by trade (laughs) (laughs) um so now i have a very open line of communication when i message someone over the phone uh that we can now have a chat uh, and it feels more uh, like personable as well then. Mm. Uh, I find that that's a much nicer way to go about it. People are often more comfortable messaging than they are uh, emailing. Mm. Like I don't, I don't really email things. Email is it's such an impersonal. Yeah. And unless people ask you to, oh, yeah, yeah, email me. I see that at work and, and I respond right. really quickly like, over it. I'm going to attach a PDF and yeah, it's yeah, got cool. X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And I, yeah. yeah, great. Yeah. But like if someone is okay with me messaging them, I was like, you know, a person today was uh, like, hey, I want to message you tomorrow morning before uh, you go to do the gym stuff we talked about. Yeah. Is text message okay? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I see it straight away. It's like, perfect, cool. Awesome. Now I've got permission. They'll get a text from me. They'll see it. I've already told them what I'm going to say in that text. It's just like, it's just going to be me checking in, asking you if uh, everything feels fine, if it was manageable, if it's not manageable. Uh, and then based off that, we can decide on what plan uh, out of the two plans we created going forward. Mm. It's like, cool, great. So they already know what's going to happen. I've already set it up. There's going to be no prediction error. I'm not going to shock them in any way. Uh, we've already prefaced that maybe they won't feel good tomorrow based on the assessments we did and that's fine. Then here's a, pl- a plan that we do if it doesn't feel fine. So either way, we're just kind of following the same steps that they already know are going to happen and they're fine with it. And then they, they're they very safe like messaging me. It's not like, oh, 
he's selling me something and he's messaged mm. me out of the blue and now he wants me to return a message. It's like, no, no, I've already got permission, but like, mm. I'm going to message you and you said you're going to reply to me. Yeah. Much easier. Much easier. Mm. Oh, I don't know if we should open the last beer. <laughs> I think I've run out of things to talk about. I think have, so. Yeah. That's yeah, probably no, I think good, we're good. That's a good amount. Uh, do, what was the third beer? We, oh, we didn't even tell people that we opened it. Um, fog on the Tamar. Tamar? 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 I assume that's a... a oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, it's a... Miner's Gold is a brewery, restaurant, taproom located in Beaconsfield in Tasmania's stunning oh. Tamar Valley. There we go. Tamar... Oh, Tamar fuck. Valley. Tamar Valley. There you go. Uh, it is a hazy pale ale, 5.4%. Do you remember it? It was good. Was it? Uh, yeah. What it tastes like? Like an IPA. It's a hazy pale ale. Oh. <laughs> well, then it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it tasted nothing like an IPA. Great. Because <laughs> it, like it wasn't. It didn't taste anything like an hazy good. pale ale. Mm. Uh, four stars. Mm. Out of how many? <laughs> four <laughs> four stars out of four four out of four well very done. very good um great cool that'll do well we'll see you in a while don't know when sometime soon all right see you later <laughs> goodbye <laughs>